Shalom and welcome again to another edition of Seekers of Meaning, the podcast arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. I am your host, Rabbi Richard Address. Uh, and again, if you'd like to reach us for comments and questions about our program and our project, uh, just email me at rabbiaddress at jewishsacredaging.com. There is a question that uh, within the contemporary liberal Jewish community, there is significant change taking place amongst the denominations, our synagogues, our very, very community. We are very blessed today to have as our guest, uh, Rabbi Ami Hirsch, Amiel Hirsch, the senior rabbi of the Stephen Wise Free Synagogue in New York City, and also the host of his own podcast, In These Times with Rabbi Hirsch, which posts um, every Thursday. We're here to discuss a project of, that's going to be hosted by Rabbi Hirsch's synagogue um, coming up in May. It's a conference, one of the first of its kind, really, to bring together leaders and thought leaders from around the reform community, lay and professional, to really discuss recharging reform Judaism. This is a very, very important meeting, and I'm very happy to welcome Rabbi Hirsch to our Secrets of Meeting microphones. Welcome, Ami. Thank you very, very much for joining us. I hope you're well and safe. Thank you, Rabbi Address Richie. Richie it's good to what, see you again. We've known each other for a few years. It's okay. <laughs> as uh, as I said to you uh, just a few minutes ago, you are looking fantastic. It's all the filters. You're it's great. all the it's it's, <laughs> it's all the filters that we have. I mean, um, this conference is going to be hosted at your synagogue on uh, May thirty first and June first of this year. Talk to me a little bit about the why and how this came about, and what it is. Well, uh, we thought that the uh, movement and American Jewry in general is going through dramatic transformations. Uh, the pandemic kind of put a freeze on our ability to see each other and to uh, converse with each other. It uh, stopped people from coming to the synagogue in the first place. On the other side of the pandemic, and I'm not sure that we're still not yet on the other side of the pandemic, uh, people... Uh, Far fewer people uh, are uh, accessing the synagogue uh, personally and physically like before. And so uh, mindful of that and mindful that the world is changing so dramatically, so rapidly, and looking at some of the values and positions that our reform movement, that liberal Judaism was always committed to and a sense amongst many, many colleagues lay and professionals, leaders of uh, synagogues, leaders of uh, Jewish organizations, that uh, we were beginning to lose part of the liberal world in terms of their fidelity to the basic values that Reform Judaism is committed to. We thought that it would be propitious and productive to be able to call together in an informal way uh, people who wanted to come see each other, talk about the main issues facing American Judaism and in particular the reform movement in the years and decades to come and see if we can come up with some kind of consensus, one, about what we believe, and two, how to recharge those values in dramatically changing circumstances. Do you, do you see, I mean, do you see this as a first of a series of conversations or a standalone and then we'll see what happens? Well, first of all, we are going to see what happens because um, nobody has ever done this before, to the best of our knowledge. 
Uh, we do, as you know, Richie, have uh, or had before the pandemic, at least regular uh, conferences. The CCR just had a conference in Israel. Uh, we had uh, biennials. We used to have regional meetings. So there were many, many opportunities for colleagues and, again, as I say, not only professional colleagues, rabbis, educators, uh, cantors, and administrators who will also be at the conference. Um, we, we had many opportunities to meet. Our sense is we have far fewer opportunities nowadays. Uh, and so we, uh, and I, when I say we, I say kind of a rump group of people uh, got together and you know, we were talking with each other about what were some of the issues, some disappointments that we had in terms of the messages coming out from the central agencies of the reform movement. And we decided, you know what, let's let's see if we can put this uh, in place in a way that's different from a general URJ biennial or even a CCAR conference, although there would be many of the same people right, at right. our uh, conference. And so w w what we built is really something quite experimental and very exciting to us, uh, where uh, no plenum, uh, except for the introductory plenum, will, will be one person giving a frontal presentation, kind of show and tell about how great we're doing. Uh, but but it'll, be, it'll be really uh, multiple people in multiple plenums and then breaking out into p potentially dozens of uh, workshops. So there'll be, uh, we expect, we hope uh, that there'll be a couple hundred, if not several hundred colleagues who attend this session, was it, which itself will be a dramatic statement. Uh, and everybody will be talking with everybody. Uh, and we'll have many opportunities to speak. Now, what comes out of that, we're not really sure. We hope that something comes out of it in terms of a sustained discipline of meeting meetings, position papers, um, uh, uh, gatherings uh, that would be formal and informal, uh, because the whole point is that we perceive that there is an um, energy gap in the reform movement, an intellectual energy gap, as well as uh, great damage that's been done uh, physically to our institutions, uh, in part accelerated by the pandemic. Um, so I hope, I hope after the conference is over, there'll be a whole program that will, part of which we'll be able to announce uh, and continue this. And, I, and that presupposes that people will perceive these two days that we spent together to be productive. I should add one additional point. Because of the dynamics that I just mentioned and the problems that we perceive as growing in the reform movement, uh, we the Stephen Wise Free Synagogue established a separate uh, initiative that has garnered well over a million dollars of uh, funding from funders throughout the United States, most of whom are not members of our synagogue, um, to continue to uh, advocate for Zionist principles and uh, a strong Israel-Diaspora-Jewry um, Israel uh, relation, relationship. And to that end, uh, that is going to continue and strengthen every single day, and we're going to continue to advance these values, values that the reformed movement is committed to. These are not values that are kind of tangential or marginal uh, or new in the reform movement. We've com been committed to Jewish peoplehood uh, for uh, close to a century. 
the concept of Jewish peoplehood. We've been committed to the state of Israel uh, for uh, three generations. Uh, and, it, and, and our sense of departing from those values is what is causing us concern and generating these initiatives. Yeah, I, I, having, as you know, because um, we used to pass each other in the hallway sometimes, having worked for the UR, the reform movement, for 30-some years as a regional director and as a head of the Department of Jewish Family Concerns, the death of those systems, along with the meetings and biennials, has really left a vacuum, um, as you know, and as most of my colleagues have as I travel and, and speak to colleagues, that is a real issue, a real, real issue. Ami, you mentioned this word, th this phrase, intellectual energy gap. I'm fascinated by what you mean by that. Could you unpack that? What is the, what do you mean by the, that we're suffering from an intellectual uh, energy gap? First of all, I, d I don't think we have, uh, we we're not exposed to the full gamut of opinion in, uh, in the reform movement. Uh, and I hear from colleagues all the time about this that 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 and from by the way from congregants as right. well, uh, some of whom are uh, very liberal, but who perceive that the primary messages coming out of the movement, that is the primary values that people receive as being representative of Reform Judaism, are overly weighted to Jewish universalism at the expense of Jewish particularism, what we call tikkun olam which we're, of course, deeply, deeply committed to. And what we mean by tikkun olam has been present in Judaism from uh, the first verses of Judaism in the book of Genesis. Uh, but uh, there's a perception that it's tikkun olam, Jewish universalism, and even an overly p politicized um, um, effort at the, at in pursuance of these religious principles at the expense of Jewish particularism. Uh, now, this is uh, something that, um, and by the way, the second, the second, uh, the second uh, energy gap that we perceive is on the whole question of Zionism, which of course is connected right. to the tension between universalism and particularism. But we're now ordaining, this is deeply disturbing to me, we are now ordaining, we, a Zionist institution, a Zionist movement, that uh, that has an, a Jerusalem campus that I think it's fair to say all rabbis over the last 50 years have uh, spent uh, time, at least a year, studying there. We are now ordaining non-Zionist rabbis, anti-Zionist rabbis, and we're not even we're not even to the best of my ability making an effort to uh, to, to 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 emphasize to the Jewish world that these are not our values that we are a Zionist movement, we believe uh, in the centrality of the state of Israel, uh, and, that, uh, and that we uh, want to uh, strengthen the Israel-Diaspora relationships and, and relationship. And when it comes to Israel, there is a perception um, that I think is real. Uh, and I understand the complexities because I myself deal in, in this uh, every single day. And as you remember, I was you and I were right. part of the senior executive team of the URJ uh, some years ago, uh, so I understand the complexity of expressing loving criticism while at the same time uh, being having that rooted and grounded in our commitment to Jewish peoplehood, to Zionism, and to the state of Israel. But it is there is a perception that even when we do talk about Israel, 
that all the Jewish world hears from us is criticism, even if it's legitimate, and some of it is a bit excessive. Um, and, and none of the Ahavat Yisrael, both are present within uh, the, the theology of Judaism, and both are present and were committed to as a movement in Reform Judaism. The registration application uh, to, to register for this, con uh, this conference uh, on our website on uh, jewishsacredaging.com, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom where we have conferences listed, you can click on that. And, but Ami, if somebody's listening to this and say, this is something that I really think is important for me, um, what's, what's the site to register for uh, Recharging Reform Judaism, May 31st and June 1st? Well, you just go, you can Google Recharging Reform Judaism and go to the site, or you can come to the Stephen Wise site, which is swfs.org. Uh, and, uh, you'll find it, you'll find it there. It's very simple to find. If you, uh, have any difficulties at all, just email somebody at the Stephen Wise Free Synagogue and, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll walk you through it. There's still room. We want, we, we have well over 150 registrants. We believe that that number will increase, uh, dramatically every day people are registering. We want many, many people, and many people who don't necessarily come to the kinds of conferences that we uh, traditionally arrange, because we really want uh, our lay leadership, our senior lay leadership, to meet in a more intimate way the senior professional leaders of uh, Reform Judaism and to match them with potential donors and philanthropists in the Jewish world, and they will be at the conference as well, so that when we make these connections, we'll be able to put some institutional and programmatic muscle behind uh, the philosophy that we want to uh, give expression to. I should add, Richie, if you, if you allow me, just there are three basic pillars that we want to uh, address. The first is uh, the challenge of, uh, of uh, Zionism and uh, the perception of a distancing between American Reform Judaism and uh, Israel. The second is the tension between Tikkun Olam and Klal Yisrael, which was always inherent in Reform Judaism from the very beginning, this tension between universal values and Jewish particulars. And the third area, which we haven't had a chance yet to speak about, is a sense that we are losing the even the vocabulary of how to speak uh, religiously, spiritually, uh, in a God-centered uh, movement um, in in a, in the twenty first century, which is increasingly what I think we might describe as a post religious era, and that's a real well, crisis for reformed synagogues. Let me pick up on that before I, I want to come back to to the Israel thing because I know it's a, a major part of, of some of our discussions in May, but. Thankfully, um, we're doing a lot of teaching through Jewish Sacred Aging, and obviously the, the demographic that I'm teaching are people over the age of 50 um, in congregations, organizations, universities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. This issue, Ami, of theology, and who am I praying to? What am I praying to? Why am I praying at all? What does it mean? This keeps coming up over and over and over again. 
And so many of these classes across North America, they keep saying, "What? why isn't my synagogue talking more about this because I'm 85 years old and I'm, I've experienced stuff that I never thought I would experience and I don't, I don't have the theological underpinnings to buttress me, to support me, because um, I really haven't thought about this since my bar mitzvah and I was 13 years old. So can you just walk me through some of the things that you hope to explore on this number third on the third part of the stool here, uh, the the vocabulary of spirituality or theology, however you want to define it. Yeah, so um, both in plenums as well as uh, workshops, we want to um, try to develop a vocabulary of a God-centric movement, right? And, uh, you know, it's not uh, the, to develop a theology at all, for liberal American Jews is itself, in the 21st century, is itself a uh, challenging proposition because we're not literalists and we're not fundamentalists. Uh, and we want to combine the best of what we understand and glean from Western civilization and Western concepts of the uh, autonomy of uh, the individual and, uh, and the uh, dignity of the individual and the collective's responsibility to the individual. Uh, we want to glean the best that Western Enlightenment values has to offer with including science and reason and evidence um, with uh, a traditional perspective of a religious Jew, a religious person. I mean, we are a religious movement. So we want to try and develop uh, a, a, a sense of um, you know what? What is the language that we would use? What What are the uh, concepts that uh, would would not only appeal to but drive uh, fidelity and loyalty and 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 energy back into uh, our reform synagogues? Uh, and then uh, you know we'll we'll be talking with uh, people who have uh, thought about these uh, issues and written about them um, to. Uh, Develop programming in 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 our uh, synagogues on on what are the what what are the ethical and theological ramifications to the issues that we deal with on a daily basis. Uh, so I, I think we have uh, quite a lot of work there, and also, you know, it, one of the critiques that I hear over and over again uh, about uh, our synagogues is that uh, while while we uh, are are, are known for, uh, and we should be proud of this, of taking positions in society that are related to public policies that are grounded in our understanding of ethics and morality. Often, uh, the perception is, you know, we throw out a verse or two from the Bible as slogans to promote a particular political worldview, rather than having uh, a deep, educated, and grounded understanding of uh, Jewish values, and from there, uh, trying to interact and influence society. Yes. It's, it's curious that you mentioned that because of the class that I just taught this morning. Um, this came up. Uh, one, of the, one of the more active people in the class was quite vociferous about this. So um, I'm very happy that we'll be discussing this. Let me return to something. Um, 
because this comes, you know, genetically from your family and, and your father, blessed memory. Um, we're recording this in the middle of March. It's going to post the beginning of April around Passover time. Um, every day we're confronted with more and more concerns about the current situation in the state of Israel. I know you're passionate about this. You just mentioned this. Um, and I know this will be, a, a, as you said, one of the major thrusts of the conference. How, how do you see what do you let me rephrase? What do you hope? to come out of the meeting vis-a-vis the contemporary challenges that we're facing with the state of Israel? What's, what's your Ami Hirsch's hope? First of all, I'm going to reiterate again what I have said many times. Uh, I'm mindful that uh, this will be broadcast some weeks after you and I are speaking now. And so in terms of the immediate political discourse in Israel, I hope, and I'm, I'm mildly optimistic that when it airs, when this broadcast airs, things will look better uh, and, that, uh, and that the immediate heat of, Israeli, of the, the argument in the Israeli society will have dissipated to a certain degree. I'm optimistic about that, but it hasn't happened, so I don't know. Um, but generally speaking, our relationship with Israel uh, is not primarily with any Israeli government uh, or other parliament, the Knesset, uh, or even uh, interacting with our own movement, which is uh, a very, very important uh, component of our relationship with Israel that we don't do enough in in our reform synagogue. Uh, Our Israeli movement, our counterparts in Israel, are the people who model, they're the only people in the world who can model liberal Zionist values. In the West, liberalism and Zionism are often perceived as oxymoronic. They're, they're contradictory in terms. So our Israel movement is exceedingly important for us because they remind us that liberalism and Zionism go hand in hand and, and, uh, and that uh, not only are both feasible and possible, both are necessary from our perspective. I want to reiterate, this government is not to my liking. Uh, and we have an obligation, it seems to me, to clarify that in particular, the extreme right of this government and the ultra-Orthodox element of this, uh, elements of this government uh, are uh, offensive to us. They do not represent our values. Uh, we believe that they are not, they do not represent normative Judaism. Part of the, uh, I think it's a tragedy in Israel, frankly, is that uh, the Haredi Jews, the ultra-Orthodox Jews, have convinced the Israeli citizens that they represent normative Judaism and is- Israeli citizens who are not Haredi, who are the vast majority, knowing that that cannot represent them and they have no access to ultra-Orthodoxy. Um, they often just turn away uh, entirely and they consider Judaism to be this kind of primitive, coercive, pre-modern a uh, series of beliefs that we need to uh, grow out of. And that's another reason, by the way, why it's so important for us to invest in our counterparts in Israel. Uh, so um, our, our relationship with uh, Israel goes beyond the government. It goes beyond the Knesset. It even goes beyond our own movement and the people who agree with us. We are in covenant with the entire Jewish people. And uh, the 
the state of Israel is at the center. It's at the heart of the contemporary Jewish experience. It is the most eloquent expression of Jewish peoplehood in our time. We cannot do without a relationship with Israel, first of all, just on a basic demographic perspective. Probably now more Jews live in Israel than all the other places in the world combined. If you define a Jew as somebody who want, who says, I am a right. Jew. Um, more Jewish babies are born in Israel than any other place in the world. So uh, just demographically, no, no Jewish uh, movement, no Jewish community can exist uh, and prosper uh, absent a, a relationship with the center of the Jewish world. Uh, but, but beyond that, uh, we, we have a uh, need in our own movement to have the strongest possible relationship with Israel. First, because it constitutes and represents Jewish people. And second, because we can't survive as a liberal movement in the diaspora if all that we can do is thrive and prosper in the diaspora, where uh, already now the minority of Jews uh, in the world live. And so, um, what we need to do, it seems to me, is continue to have a relationship with Israel, double down on that relationship. By all means, we should get involved and try and, and try and support and strengthen the forces in Israel that do represent our values, who are uh, fighting against those who don't every single day. Uh, we need to go to Israel. We need to go more often to Israel. We need to invest uh, our, our, not only our financial resources, but our institutional resources and our emotional resources and our intellectual resources uh, in Israel and in particular with uh, those who uh, we want to see prevail in terms of the struggle for Jewish values. Will any of the um, Israeli leaders be present at the conference? Yes. Uh, you know, the conference, it's an interesting thing. The, we've, we've talked about this a lot on the planning committee. The conference is for and about North American Reform Jews and the North American Reform Movement. Uh, and so uh, we, we, the way we set up the program, it was the feeling of most of the 60-some-odd people now on the uh, planning committee that we should really have an internal discussion. And uh, it's not about... Uh, hearing from, you know, European rabbis or uh, representatives of uh, the Israel movement, although we warmly welcome them and we want them to, to uh, come. They want to mm -hmm. come, one, because they want, they know that there'll be hundreds, hopefully hundreds of colleagues and important uh, leaders in the reform movement, and they want to meet with them and they want to interact with them and they want to get a sense of what uh, we're thinking about. Um, secondly, as I mentioned to all of them who are coming, uh, we do want to find a way to allow them to interact in a formal public way with, uh, with the people who will be there. Uh, it's always a great honor, uh, whenever, uh, our, our, our counterparts from, uh, Israel and from around the world show up to our conventions. So we'll figure out a way to do it. But, uh, but again, there's sensitivity on the planning committee not to, remove the focus from what we need to do 
in terms of our future as uh, reformed Jews and as a reform movement. So following up on that, uh, since the focus really is in North American uh, Judaism, uh, the leadership, the lay leadership, professional leadership of the movement, how are they involved? The CCAR, the URJ um, College, the College Institute, all of whom are undergoing their own transitions. How, how are they involved on that level? Because this is really important for them to hear, probably, uh, not probably, definitely, uh, some of these conversations. One, it's important for them to hear. Two, it's important for them to be heard as well. And, and both will happen uh, when uh, we have the uh, conference at the end of May. We, uh, one of the first things we did, even before we worked on uh, filling out the speaker's program, and again, there'll be dozens of speakers. There'll be speakers at plenums, speakers at workshops. Uh, we um, contacted the, all three of the umbrella bodies of our uh, movement, the Rabbinic Union, the CCAR, the Congregational Arm, the URJ, uh, and uh, the seminary, the Hebrew and College Jewish Institute of Religion. Uh, and we invited their heads to come and speak. We didn't know exactly how that would look. But we said it'll be a major uh, opportunity to address uh, not only the participants, but also to address the issues for which the participants are convening uh, and to do it in a way that, you know, is different from the way we would do it at a URJ Biennial or at a CCR conference, which is uh, much like there'll be many more opportunities to dig deep, even from a from a critical perspective, from but from a a place of criticism of, you know, prophetic tochacha, you know, a, a sense of rebuke, uh, and to respond to that. Uh, and so from that perspective as well, it's very important for the uh, heads of the institution uh, to be able to glean not only the ideas that people are articulating, but the passion with which they're being uh, expressed. So, um, they 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 welcomed it. Unfortunately, uh, uh, the uh, executive head of the CCR is going to be out of out of the country or out of town and won't be able to make it. But but uh, Rabbi Jacobs will uh, be here, and um, the president of uh, the H HUC, uh, Dr. Rayfield, will be here. They'll be speaking together, um, and and for a long time, uh, answering questions. Hopefully they'll, they'll they'll be coming on this uh, uh, towards the middle of the second day, so hopefully they will have been able to hear much of the passions uh, and the ideas emerging from the first day, uh, and we'll be able to relate uh, to them as well. So, but we felt from the very beginning it was important. There was, there's nothing competitive here. Right. Um, it's it's collaborative, and we felt it was important to have them here so they can they can hear what's going on as well as they can articulate what they think is important for people to hear. Ami, before we start running out of time, and again, thank you for, for doing this, um, could you just real quickly uh, highlight some of the major uh, speakers, agenda, you know, workshop titles? So somebody who may say, this is something, uh, can I learn a little bit more? Could just, you know, sort of like uh, walk me through real fast. Yes, so we're um, we're looking at uh, envisioning the future of recharged reform communities. 
identity formation of proud Reformed Jews as they enter adulthood, embracing Jewish peoplehood to recharge our future, centering, reclaiming Israel and Zionism in our sanctuaries and communities, uh, the components of healthy Jewish identity formation in relationship to Israel. There's a, there's a session there about, uh, and I think this is really important, where anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism and its impact on Reformed Jews. I, I believe that many of us can't distinguish between legitimate criticism of Israel and uh, where uh, the criticism of Israel becomes, in fact, uh, opposition right. to the very existence of Israel. And that's especially important for liberal Jews. Um, we have workshops about recharging the mission of our sanctuaries and communities, the place of God in our sanctuaries, the formation of ethically responsible and Jewishly committed Reformed Jews, the promise of tikkun olam and social justice, and the tension between universalism and particularism. So, and more will be coming as uh, more and more people uh, tell us that they'll great, be there. Great. And uh, putting in a plug for at least the constituency, remember, you know, the Pew studies remarked that uh, the last one, that close to 50% of our entire North American community, the American community, is are people over the age of 50. And um, so, um, and they ha this, co this cohort, as you know, has a, a very, very deep feeling about a lot of the issues that you're going to be discussing. Um, not only the spiritual issues, the theological issues, the why is this happening and dealing with my own mortality, but especially the linkage with Israel, where there seems to be this, as you alluded to, this sometimes this generational change and shift in, uh, in our identity with Israel. So once again, real fast, somebody who's sitting there saying, well, this sounds really interesting. I'm a rabbi. I'm a very dedicated lay leader. I want to register and the website, the way to register, if you don't go to our website and scroll down to the bottom, how do we do that, Ami? You go to the Stephen Wise website, it's swfs.org, and you'll find it at the website. And follow the prompts. Rabbi Amiel Hirsch, the senior rabbi of the Stephen Wise Free Synagogue in New York City. Ami, I wish you... Much success. First of all, I wish you much health and joy, especially during this Passover season, uh, liberation. And this seems to be very uh, in tune with the theology and the themes of Passover, because uh, we seem to be a little bit in wandering in the wilderness. And uh, hopefully this is a step towards clarification and a real good future. So I thank you for doing this. And um, I look forward to seeing you at, at your place in a couple of weeks. Uh, just stay healthy. Chag Sameach. Be well. Stay safe, okay? And thank you very much. Thank you, Richie. It's good to see you again and to spend time see with you. See you soon. To all of you, thank you very, very much again for joining us on today's edition of Secrets of Meeting, the podcast arm of Jewish Sacred Aging. Again, if you'd like to comment, uh, please email me at rabbi address at jewishsacredaging.com. And we appreciate your support. If you'd like to continue to uh, these podcasts and the work of Jewish Sacred Aging, please go to the website, jewishsacredaging.com and uh, click on the conveniently located donate button and just follow the prompts. We really, really do appreciate it. And likewise, if you would like to become a sponsor of these podcasts, just again, email me and we'll take it from there. Seekers of Meaning is produced at the Broadcast Center of Lubeckin Media Companies in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and a huge shout out as usual to our producer, Steve Lubeckin. 
Again, thank you for joining us. I am your host, Rabbi Richard Address. I look forward to greeting you on our next Secrets of Meaning podcast and TV show. In the meantime, until we see each other again, stay safe, everybody. Stay healthy. And most of all, be kind to one another. Shalom Todah.